Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy International podcast. With me today, I have Ryan McKee, the coach of the Denver Bulldogs in the United States Australian Football League, and getting ready for the US Nationals this weekend. You know, good morning, Ryan. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Well, evening for you, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it is. Good <laughs> morning, Australia. Um, Ryan, how does one get involved? How, how, what kind of journey have you undertaken to get involved in uh, to the point where you're the coach of the Denver Bulldogs? So I, uh, I'm involved in the uh, Royal Australian Air Force, and in my job I was posted to the US and to Denver itself for three years. So I came from a background of playing uh, just amateur league football in South Australia and a bit of NTFL footy with Waratahs and the like, and come over here and... Being a young 30-year-old, I, I thought I'd still have a, a kick left in me, so I decided to seek out the uh, Denver Bulldogs, the local club in the city that I'm in, and managed to play the first year there. And after about six months, they wrote me into coaching, which I've done for the last two years for the club. Nice. Who did you play for in South Australia? Uh, I played amateur league yeah, for Brahma Lodge. Uh, Eastern Park were the two clubs that I played for. Uh, mainly in South Australia there, and then I played for Waratahs in the NTFL. Nice. I'm from Adelaide. That's why I Okay. Um, okay, so how long have you been the coach of the Denver Bulldogs for? Yeah, two years. The last two seasons I've coached um, the Denver Bulldogs. I've been lucky enough to. Uh, okay. Um, and you play, you play, are you a playing coach or are you just a coach? Or Yeah, playing coach. Last year I, I said I wasn't going to play again, but... Uh, being only 34, I'm one of the young guys on the team, so they continually hound me into continually playing. So, yeah, I'm playing coaching for the for this game, and, and this weekend will be my last uh, appointment as coach of the Bulldogs as I head back to Australia sort of next year. So it's a sad time to, to leave such a proud club and, and um, been a big part of the club, so it's been, it's been good over the last few years, an enjoyable experience coaching in the USAFL. Well, hopefully you can win at the Nationals this year, but we'll get on to that uh, yes. shortly. Um, the Denver Bulldogs, how long have they been around for? Uh, Denver Bulldogs, 1997 was their first year um, in the competition. Really just started out as a couple of Australians here having a kick in a park and slowly building the club up from that point. Uh, there seems to be a lot of Australians that make their way to Denver, being in the middle of the US, and and from there, it's just grown. They managed to get a really good crop of young Americans that took to the game pretty quickly. And, and um, yeah, from that point on, from 97 onwards, they just started to win championship after championship. And that kept a lot of people around the club and involved in the club. And um, we're going for championship nine since 1997. So that's in 17 years. They won, hopefully, will be our ninth title. They've won all, pretty much half of the championships on offer have gone to Denver. Yes, and they've played in about four other grand finals, I believe, So, or three other grand finals. So they've been thereabouts not, you know, not, almost in our whole 17 years of existence. Not, not, a, not a bad effort. So how many Australians do you have? Like, what's the makeup of the Denver Bulldogs look like? Yeah, so we, we're probably going to have... Uh, we're taking uh, two Denver teams this year, so we're lucky enough to have about... Uh, in total, I think there's about 70 men and women travelling to the championship from Denver. We'll have a, a contingent of 24 in our Division One side, and that's made up of 11 Australians, 13 Americans. And in the Division Four side, I think we're going to have about 16 to 20, and there'll be about seven to eight Australians that'll play in that. So all together on the men's side, it's, it's almost 20 Australians out of about the 
45 that'll go or 50 guys that'll go from the men's team. So it's about half-half. Yeah, yeah, just under half. And the Lady Bulldogs? Yeah, the Lady Bulldogs, they don't have a lot of Australian women involved. It's a lot of the American women that have taken to it. They'd probably only have three or four um, actual uh, Australian women involved in their team. But majority is made up of the Americans, American women. I think it's funny, uh, women's competitions, that while there are less teams, there's a far greater percentage of local involvement than there are with with the men. It doesn't matter where you go. I, I think that's true at, uh, everywhere I've talked to so far. Yeah, very much so. And it seems to be a lot of the partners or wives of the guys that have got involved from the men's side, I think, that will get involved as well. So we have a lot of um, Australian guys that are married to American women and they seem to get involved in the you know, in that footy side of things. So that's how they come about playing and then they get friends and girlfriends involved and it just snowballs and escalates from there. Of course. So how many games a, a year would you play? In pre- so the, men, the women, um, unfortunately, don't play too many. Well, this year, they played a couple last year, but with the um, International Cup, they didn't actually get a chance to play this year, which was a bit disappointing, I think, for some of them. But on the men's side... Because we're stuck in that limbo point of halfway in, you know, in the middle of the country, it's a two-hour flight pretty much from anyone else to get here. So it's hard for teams to come to Denver. We only had one home game this year against Dallas, and we had to travel to uh, Orange County, Des Moines, Kansas City, and Austin to get our games in. So in total, we played five weekends worth of games. So do you have a... Uh, I know like you know, places like Sacramento and that have a Metro League that uh, yeah. they basically feed off. Do you guys do the same thing? So, yeah, again, we only have that pool of 40 to 50 players, you know, men's side. So we try to play Metro games every Saturday, but it's, it's or every Sunday, I should say, and it, but it's the same, you know, 15 versus the same 15. Yeah. You know, we'll mix up the things, but we might only get 30 to a training session. It's just unfortunately where we're located and the success, I guess, that the club's had as well, that some... Uh, people don't like to travel to Denver. I know even when Dallas come, they only had nine players come with them. So, yeah, we had to give them, yeah, the other nine to make up to play 18s sort of thing. So even when they do come, it's they don't like to travel in a huge amount of numbers, which is a bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, we just play whenever we can, wherever we can. I know we travelled to Kansas City probably four weeks ago and we took 30 players with us. Then, but we're just getting whatever games we can get in and wherever we can get them and whoever will come. But it's very much an honour system here in the US where, you know, we'll head to, we headed to Portland two years ago and we're just waiting for them to return the favour to come back. So you pretty much play whoever you can when you can. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's, and it's very hard. Calgary is another club in the same boat where not a lot of people want to travel up to Canada to play football. So they just get stuck in limbo of club saying, yeah, yeah, we'll come, and then eventually, you know, they only get eight or seven people that can travel, and it's, it almost makes it not worthwhile in the end. Mm. So um, it's hard. Uh, what, what, kind of, what kind of pitch do you use? Do you play on an oval? Do you have access to an oval? Or are you playing on soccer or rugby fields? Or So for us, um, we had a, there's a local park called Wash Park in Denver, which is just a big open um, area. It's a bit like the Parklands in Australia, I would guess, and uh, I mean Adelaide, um, where we would just we pretty much squatted on that field every Wednesday night, and then um, we managed to uh, book a reserve a field, you know, just a big open area on a Sunday morning, which we trained at, and then for the last few weeks, because it's getting a bit darker, we've actually been using a baseball f- 
diamond baseball outfield as our training base because it's the only places we can get under lights. You got to do do what you got to do, I suppose. And that's right, and then that's the hard part. It's we get put on priority list like everyone else, and with youth soccer and all those other sports sort of take precedence to the fields, and we're the last ones left because we're the you know we're just a unique sport in the US. Yeah, so it's hard for us to get it. Yeah, just a niche sport with uh, a small following, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, no question there. Now onto the um, question of the US nationals. And uh, they're obviously coming up this weekend. Big yep. things expected of the uh, eight-time winners? Um, yeah, we, we go in feeling like we'll field a very competitive side. Um, it's, it's a very uh, hard weekend to judge because you only play, you play three games and you play um, 160 minutes of football in that time. If you lose one game, you, you're pretty much done for the, for the weekend and you know, two 20-minute halves with no time on, it's just continuous flow of play. If you play a bad 15 minutes of football, that can be enough to, for 365 days of work to be finished with. So sometimes it is hard to judge how you're going to go. And again, we don't know. We played against Austin, we played against OC, and we played against Minnesota. We actually lost to all three of those teams throughout the year. But because we've travelled away, we couldn't take our best team. And so it's just going to be interesting to see what other teams bring in and how we match up on the day. Okay. So, uh, Austin are... F- well, Austin have been listed as favourites by none other than uh, the illustrious Brian Barish and his uh, uh, podcast that he did with me the other day. He, he expects uh, Austin to be uh, favourites for that. How do you stack yep. up against uh, the boys from the south? So, we, we travelled down to Austin um, in August this year to play uh, a, a full game down there, actually four full... Oh, yeah, four quarters game down there, and uh, we took 18 with us. They had a they had 20 odd, 26 or 28 to choose from. Um, it's about 110 degrees, which is high 30s, hot day, and and we were actually in front up until half time, and then uh, just ran out of legs, and then end up losing by about 17 points, I believe, at the end of the game. So I think we stack up pretty well against them one on one. But again, it's all going to come down to can we play our best footy for 40 minutes against their best footy? I believe if we do that, we you know we give ourselves the best chance to win. But they're a very competitive team. They have grown some outstanding Americans over the last uh, 24 months. They actually came to Denver last year and beat us at our own ground. And that was the catalyst for them to register for Div 1 last year. And then they took all comers last year in a, in a pretty dominant display. So they're going to have some some good players, and we're going to have to play our best footy if we're going to match it with them for sure. So, Before we started recording, we were talking uh, about how I'm going to talk to the coach of the Minnesota uh, Freeze, yep. and I believe you're playing them on the weekend. Yeah, they're our second game on Saturday. So we, we play Orange County first at 10 a.m., and then at 2 p.m. We, we play Minnesota on the Saturday. How, 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 do, how do you stack up against Minnesota? So Minnesota, one of those teams that um, have some outstanding American talent. They, um, their their best Americans um, are play on the Revolution team and 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 are some of the better Revolution players. So um, yeah, we we can have to really be on our game to watch them. And in the U.S. footy, you can only have nine Australians on the field at once. So um, we seem to find at most games the our nine best Australians against their nine best Australians. They almost nullify each other out because they've been around and played footy so 
a lot of the games will come down to how good your next nine Americans are and how much depth you have. So with them having some of the best um, US players in the USAFL, it, I think it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for our young Americans to stand up and see how they compete at, against the best that the Americans have to offer. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting game. They're a young team with a lot of legs and going to be able to run all day. So I believe it's their first time up in Division One. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go against the other Div 1 sides. Okay, and last, uh, Orange County. Yeah. Uh, apparently you uh, lost one of their games. Uh, you yeah, lost we game played, we, yeah, we travelled to Orange County in, uh, in June this year. Uh, again, with a contingent of only about um, 18 or maybe 20 that went down there. And, um, yeah, we got beaten by about four or five goals by them in Orange County. So um, they're a team that, you know, being in, in L.A., they always pick up a, a few Australians at this time of the year to be able to play. So it would be interesting to see with who they come with and, and what sort of talent they had. But I believe they were actually undefeated or may have only lost one of 12 games this year because they play against them. Um, they've got a few more teams, San Diego, L.A., Sacramento, Portland, along that West Coast. So... Um, they had more option to play games, but they went undefeated, I believe, or only, as I said, only lost one. So they're first up. Um, Orange County and Denver played grand finals in Division One before. There's going to be no love lost between the two sides, so it's going to be a really hot, contested footy for the for the first ten minutes of that game. So <laughs> at 10 a.m., like I said before, at 10 a.m. Saturday morning, if we're not ready to go, we could find ourselves in a world of hurt for the rest of the weekend. Yep. What what Denver players are you expecting to stand out this weekend? Who should we be watching out for? So we we picked up a, a guy who's um, his wife is American. She, um, his name's Lee McMahon. He's come over from the from East Lake in the Neefel. Um So he's just moved over here permanently on a permanent basis to the US. So he's a guy that has a lot of that Neefel, um, you know, Canberra experience. Played at a pretty high level over there. Um, he's going to play a midfield role for us. So. He's just really good at teaching our young Americans and some of the older Australians, you know, what footy's all about. Um, we've managed to bring out a few of the old bulldogs out of the out of the old mothballs to to come have a kick in in uh, Charlie Ellis and um, Willie Taylor. So there's a few of the old Americans that played in a few of the older championships that that are having, you know, trying to have one last crack at the title. But um, yeah, we, we've. We've had a pretty consistent team over the last, well, since since I've been here in the last two years. And Tim Wilson Humphreys is our centre half back. He's just a fantastic centre half back who just spoils all day and never really ever gets beaten. But yeah, uh, Aaron Summers is another one that's that's come on board. Another young Aussie that'll play in the midfield. So yeah, there's a few few young guys and experienced guys really to look out for. If I wanted to become involved with the Denver Bulldogs, how would I go about it? What's the best way to do that, uh, Ryan? Yeah, the, the best way is, is either through USAFL website itself, or if we can't go through the USAFL website, then uh, denverbulldogs.org is the website um, here, and it has all our training, where we train, how to get involved, who to contact, um, President's numbers, uh, my number, email addresses, and it is the easiest way. With the snow pretty much about a month away from hitting, the season shuts down after the Nationals to about uh, Anzac Day, and then from Anzac Day we, we ramp it back up for that six-month period from May on to uh, to September, October, hopefully for another crack at, hopefully which will be our 10th next year after we win our ninth this year. 
<laughs> Excellent. Okay. I guess my last question for you is what team do you support in the AFL? Hey, I'm a Crow supporter, Adelaide Crows. Right. Man, so yeah, proudly it's part of them. I was shocked to see Sando get sacked, but good luck to Phil Walsh and hopefully can turn our form around pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I won't hold it against you. Yeah. Um, I'm a Carlton supporter, so it's... Uh... Well, that's bad. Not, not, not the we're best. In the same, we're obviously in the same boat then. Not the best of seasons for either of yes. us, really. <laughs> I've been talking to Ryan McKee, the coach of the Denver Bulldogs, and thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thank you very much.